Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a wrapped audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, all y'all out there in Pandemic Nation, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. Thanks for listening. If you like this pod, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, share it with a friend, spread the love. We need more love. We're, I, I hope we're, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, this pandemic thing, but I don't know. If there's a light, it's, uh, I think that light is, is flickering uh, for me anyway. I'm tired, people. I'm tired. Enough. <clears throat> However, I have an excellent guest for you today who, uh, from the looks of things, she doesn't look nearly as frustrated as I do. Her name is Kate Morgan. She is the founder and CEO of Boston Human Capital Partners. Let's properly welcome her to the show. Now, Kate, you look none worse for the wear. How's your pandemic going? how i have the camera set you can't see my roots uh, <laughs> true that's a good tip yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's definitely been interesting uh you know i was riding high at the beginning of march and uh by the end of march you know it really hit the fan yeah. um we lost a lot of clients but you know i it, it feels a lot better a lot more uh promising uh over the last two weeks we're starting to see a little bit of a turn. So let me first set the stage here. Are you, um, if you don't mind me asking, you're quarantined with family or you're, or is there a dog involved? Yeah, or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually it, it's, it's kind of funny. So we started sheltering in place March 9th. So my daughter goes to university of Washington in Seattle. Okay. They were the first university to um, go online. And so she came home. And, you know, everybody was up in arms because, you know, uh, that's Washington was where it first landed and or at least identified. And so um, I said, you know what, we're just going to shelter in place. And then we had, uh, you know, my husband, he's he's a uh, software architect, so he's easily to easy enough to work from home. So there's three of us. And I'm really thankful to have three people, you know, here. Because, uh, yeah, I we could kill each other off. And you Although I will say, I will say, you know, honest to God, there it's like living with large hairless cats because they're introverts and I'm an extrovert. And they'll walk by my office and I'm like, oh, oh, hey, and they're like, oh, and they run away. And I only see them when it's feeding time. So yeah, it's like two large hairless cats. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like all we've been doing is eating, uh, just eating, drinking, you know, coffee, and then decide when you switch to wine if you if you choose to do so. <laughs> uh, um, but you're, so your your daughter at at college. I have a son who is uh, 
supposed to be attending the honors college at UMass Amherst in, uh, the, in mm. the fall. And um, that part's, by the way, we're going to get to your business, Kate, because I want to hear about it. But, <laughs> but um, does she have any clue as to when she will go back, as the school indicated, that life will return to normal in September? Or? Uh, how about this? No promises. Yeah. Uh, yeah but I think I, I will say Washington has done a, a fabulous job you know, and we just keep watching sort of where they stack rank in the States and they shut down so early. I think it really made a, a world of difference. So um, she, she's finishing up her quarter um, strong. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing is where, where are these kids going to work over the summer? Yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I told my son he can work for me at uh, editing podcasts with me and stuff. And he, so far, he doesn't seem that excited about it. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see. He's doing. My, yeah. my son is a, a camp counselor, and he is apparently still employed. They're going to do some online stuff for the kids, but it, it won't be the same. Needless to say, it can't be as yeah. near as as complete. So, um, so yeah, swim lessons would be interesting virtually. Yeah, I, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> I, my my son Adrian, who has autism, he was looking forward to going to the YMCA and going swimming at one point when this thing hit. And so we drove to the YMCA and he dumped a bottle of water on my head. We pretended to swim at the YMCA. Ah, yeah, nice. That was the best we could do. We cracked him up at least. <laughs> yeah. So, so so Boston uh, Boston Human Capital Partners. You've been doing this since 2011, and if I understand it correctly, you're in the talent acquisition business. So you help companies find stars to uh, make their team as uh, robust and awesome as as possible. Is that is that basically what you, it is? You got it. Um, we we do it in a different. Um, it, it, we just have a different model. So we do it hourly versus commission based, mm -hmm. uh, but we do it from executive level all the way down. So we'll go in, help them advise on how they should, um, uh, you know, go and attract talent, attack talent, bring it in. And um, so usually we're, we're working as just an extension of their team. And what, is the key to that? How, how do you, is, is it an intensive study to figure out exactly what they need? And then you actually, you go out and, and find these people? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I always say like, don't give me a job description. Tell me what this person needs to do for the next 18 months. When we can narrow it down, then we can actually have a direct meaningful conversation with a potential candidate. Um, job descriptions, I always say people, people don't take jobs, they take companies. Mm -hmm. So how do, we, um, how do we understand what they're really looking for is critical to our success. And then when we understand what they're going to be doing, we can figure out what companies to target. And is it a matter of uh, personality when you, when you look for that right person, you, you're looking at it's all kinds be the of whole, stuff, whole package, yeah. background, personality, like what? Absolutely. Um, yeah, tell me. Yeah, well, you know, so skills will only get you so far because if you're if you're a jackass, you can tank an entire culture of a team. Mm -hmm. So that has to be, you know, and that's one of the benefits of us because a lot of times my team is actually sitting on site with our clients a few days a week, so they really get to understand the culture, the the nuances. Um, so that helps us be able to fine tune our search capabilities. And because we're not commissioned, it's not about uh, just putting a body in a seat. We want this person to to last. We want that to work. 
What, what do you mean by not commissioned? Um, because we're working hourly, like you'd pay your CPA or your law firm. Uh, that's how we operate. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, and I tell all of my my new team members, don't tell me how great this person is. Give me the caveat. Tell me they're great, but because ultimately, what makes us good is we're we're paid to judge people. Mm-hmm. Not only are we seeking searching for them, but we have to we actually have to uh, determine if they are going to be the right fit through skills and also culture. So many of the rest of us are used to judging people on a daily basis, but we usually don't get paid for it. You know, we're usually just, you know, making remarks about them. Tell me, tell me why you like this. Tell me, or give me an example of like moments. And I know we're going to get into how this is, is changed in our new normal or whatever you want to call it. But um, tell me what you like about the discipline of this. Uh because you have to have really, you know, as opposed to like a headhunter agency style, um, you you really have to be able to have deep conversations uh, and, and take it to uh, an advisory capacity, whether it's the candidate or the client. The clients view us as advisors and trusted advisors because they know we're not just trying to put a, a you know, a body to them and mm-hmm. we're not trying to oversell them. Candidates like to work with us because we'll we'll tell them about a particular client, warts and all, because it's it's no point in bringing somebody on board for uh, a company if they're going to last six months. We want them to be there for years. So that's why we get excited about it because when we have that right match, it feels like we're you know just developing something integral to their operations with this key employee. Do you have any tricks of the trade? Do you have trick questions and weird questions? And do you ask those, all those uh, bizarro ones like, you know, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Or, you know, or. Uh, no, those make me, those just make me rub my temples. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's just so many ways that you can, you can find out, um, you know, in, in you, you talk about behavioral conversation. Well, you just have to be a really good conversationalist. I can't necessarily teach that to somebody, but as you walk through a conversation, you really want to be able to uncover what makes them tick. Um, I'm also, it's actually really funny. I'm one of the few people that actually believe in reference checking Mm. because, um, you know, I always say this, I could give you three people that love me and three people that hate me. And given that I'm on my second marriage, um, (laughs) there's a guy and a mother out there that do not like me. (laughs) So so what we look at is when we get them on the phone, we want to really understand um, how we can give them an environment that will make them successful. So when we talk to the reference, we specifically say, hey, you know, what, tell me, tell me what sort of environment they will thrive in. And because I've led, and I will lead with that question or that statement about me being divorced, like, ha, ha, ha. But it's really saying, if you really like this person, help them. Um, And then I have another great reference question that I encourage everybody to ask is, towards the end of the reference check, ask them, what's your greatest memory with that candidate? Mm. Because that's when it really, you know, then you find out, oh, well, you know, it's my kid's godfather, godmother, whatever. You know, that's not what you want. You want to hear like something really of 
substance. Yeah. And that's telling, right? In other words, if you don't have a specific memory, then like you say, you're on the, you were on the list as maybe someone impressive. They thought they could put down that would just, you know, that knows of your existence and you don't really know them that well, which is the wrong way to, to, I take it the wrong way to, to think about a reference. And, and yeah, I think a lot of people ask that question. What's a good memory of working with this person? And if you hear, Oh, well, you know, the person uh, wore a lot of hats, hard worker, ambitious. It's like you don't even remember the, the person at all. <laughs> so there are phony. We, we live in a world of phony referrals, right? I mean, it's Larry. Larry David makes the joke on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He, he calls up someone and says, I just want you to know. So so and so asked me to recommend this person for the job. So I am recommending them with quotation with quotation fingers. That happens, right? <laughs> All the time. And you have to ferret that time. out, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, that or or they're given besties, you know, their best friends. Right. And you know, that that emotion is not going to translate well either. You have to get to the reality. Yeah. Yeah. What are what are red flags? What are red flags when you're doing an interview as to uh, that you feel you have to, uh, you know, ferret out? Yeah. W- well, right now, um, and we're going to see more of this, and we saw it with the recession, we saw it with the dot-com implosion. The hardest thing right now, particularly with executives, is um, the the real red flag is when you tell them no and they argue. Mm. Because um, particularly, I'm speaking more specifically on, on executive search, mm-hmm. is um, so many executives, like their their whole being is wrapped up, their their identity is with their work. And when they don't have that, uh, they just come unraveled quickly. So um, that that's always really tough, really tough. Mm-hmm. It's a flag, you know, because it, 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 why did why did they get cut? And then you start to see their natural tendencies, their proclivities for anxiety, intensity, intensity. Well, that's probably what got them into trouble in the first place. Yeah. I worked for a company once and we were acquired by a, a different company. And when the new people came in, it was interesting to see how some people, there was, there was a lot of angst going around because you never know who they're going to keep and who they're not going to keep. But it was funny how some people were sort of defending the ways of the past, like standing on a mountain. And so this is the way it's been done. This is the way we do things. Happily, the new owners had an open mind. And so they wanted to hear you know, what would you like to change? You know, we just got here, you know, like they were, they actually had a very cool way of presenting it, but it's amazing how some people are just wired to like, well, this is the way it has to be. And, you know, I have to be the boss and all that. And that's, um, I take it that's a recipe for disaster for, for, you know, what, what, (laughs) nothing, nothing drives me nuts more than when you hear somebody repeatedly say over and over, well, this is what we did at, that company and you'll hear them still say that and they haven't been there for 10 years yeah well why don't why don't you just look novel and pretend you brought this idea forward just out of your your own uh psyche or whatever yeah who knows (laughs) and that so is company culture a real thing i know that um in some in the in the industry will say that has become a, a loaded word and a lot of companies who claim to have wonderful company culture really don't, but they've got the word company culture. <laughs> I, <laughs> Tell me about well, that. they do it. And, and then when you go to their websites, they show pi- pictures of their 
employees not working. Yeah. Like they're all, they're all happy. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, they don't do any work. They're awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, so company culture um, is, is so overused right now. Um, and I, I take a very different approach. Um, so we have, a, we have a great business consultant. I, I, so I, even though I'm in the human capital space, I, I'm not crazy about HR generally because yeah. um, they, they hadn't, until recently, they haven't been really aligned with their business. And now we're starting to see it. And, and anyways, so he brought in the consultant we work with, he brought in this whole notion of core values. And I was like, oh, great, awesome. Because yeah. that's going to be just a list of stupid adjectives. And he said, you have to look at it a different way. You have to distill it down to the values that you apprise most in your employees. So um, we implemented this three years ago and my God, it changed my own organization. Mm. We, um, we took our top employees and we said, what key elements do they have? And we looked at, at five, we pulled out five core values and then we started hiring and firing to them. And lo and behold, we ended up with this culture. Mm. And fortunately we did that because those, the, the five core values actually is what now makes me want to get up in the morning because we had a little bit of a, a turn in the company where it felt a little toxic. It wasn't right. And um, now that we're, you know, we had to shrink our staff down. So we have a very tight core community and I'm like, damn, I like all these people. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's on your website. You've got a, some content here and it's, it, it's a, uh, kind of a clever looking logo, which has the words executive leadership series on it. And the word executive is crossed off and written in its place is unconventional. What is that all about? (laughs) Yeah. So we wanted to um, work with our, not only our candidates, but also clients that are executives and, you know, give them a different, um, just a different experience because if you're so hardwired into uh, conventional thinking, you you can't see what's around you. And there's a, there's this great book range. I can't remember the author's name, but you know, when you have these different experiences, so we actually brought in um, some pretty big names to work with us. So we had um, uh, the iron cowboy who did 50 Ironmans in 50 days in all 50 States. That person's, just, that person's insane. That person. He, he, totally <laughs> insane, but a logistical genius, really, if you think of it. Yeah, well, right. But, but logistical genius and physical, <laughs> you know, um, sight to behold. I mean, crazy. <laughs> anyway, but that, so, so that's, yeah. And so he spoke about what? Well, he just described doing these, um, you know, this whole thing. And actually it was, he he was awesome because he said that at the, before he did this, all these doctors said, you can't do this. It's not safe. Don't do it. And he said, well, I'm going to do it. And afterwards they were lining up to, um, you know, just take blood, DNA, everything to find out. And he said at the end of it, he found out that he's Canadian because he's (laughs) Canadian. Uh, and he's not even, he's not even like when you meet him, he's not even a tall man or 
I mean, he's super athletic. Well, he's he's Canadian. That explains everything. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You just need to have that doggedness, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So to break it down. So that's cool that you you wouldn't necessarily think someone like that with, who's a physical marvel would would be. So I can see why unconventional. I love it. Um, by the way, that just to close a loop is that book you're referring to. Range why generalists triumph in a specialized world. Does that sound familiar? Exactly. Yeah. Yep, that's so it's it. fantastic. So it's David Epstein is the author. You can find it on Amazon. They're not a sponsor of the show, but that's okay. You recommended it. We want people to know. <laughs> So the, so the big question is we, we can't um, uh, last too much longer without some good pandemic talk. So, but tell me, tell, mm. me how you, tell me how your business has changed. It would seem to me that you could still do a lot of the things that you do, but, uh, but the, I guess the, the nuance there is a lot of your clients may be struggling to do what they do and so can't afford your yeah. services. But what's it been like? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're tracking 40% lower Mm-hmm. than we were Q, Q1. Um, you know, and, and it's always been sort of interesting because I, I've never done really outbound sales. All the work that we've done has been based on referrals. Mm. And so when this all hit, everybody's like, pivot, you need to go after, you know, the companies that are hiring a bunch of people. I'm like, I saw a lot of entrepreneurs that I'm friends with. Um, they were trying to pivot and it was making them absolutely insane. Mm. And I said, you know what? Cash, cash flow is king. Our pivot is going to be focusing on what we can control and not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Let's, let's narrow this down. So we did have to have some, um, uh, some layoffs, but it gave us the ability now to uh, reserve our, our cash flow. We let go of our office. The timing ended up being perfect. Um, we, I was about to sign the lease. Mm. We got rid of that. And now over the last couple of weeks, we're starting to see that turn around. Um, so I think a lot of te- you know tendency is just to, to freak out and yeah, okay, I, I probably uh, was going to develop an ulcer if things didn't slow down a little yeah. bit. But you know, I, feel, I feel a lot better now. And is, is the business that you do still able to be done virtually? Yeah. I mean, fortunately, some, some of our clients said, no, let's just pause, you know, mm-hmm. for now. But we had a lot of clients, you know, because we just, we just filled three um, executive roles in China. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to see those people anyways. The, the CEO who's here, he wasn't going to see him right away anyway. So we're just shifting, doing Zoom. Um, we're using, uh, for our technical hires, we're using a few different um, platforms to help them be able to whiteboard out, um, you know, responses. So, yeah, it's, it's actually worked, worked well. We're not, you know, looking necessarily for, uh, we'll, we'll take a couple of recs as opposed to the whole, mm-hmm. you know, gamut of recs. Um, so, that's been a little choppy for my team, but they're adhering to it. You know, they're like, Hey, whatever it takes. But I take it. You're used to, when you're doing these interviews, you're used to doing it by zoom. If you're doing so much business internationally anyway. Yeah, we, we, you know, honestly, I don't necessarily need to see what somebody looks like. Um, yeah, yeah. I, (laughs) you know, I'll, my team for the most part, when we're sourcing and we're doing that initial phone screen, we do not see our people. Um, I, I have worked with candidates for years and have never met them face to face. 
It would be interesting to see if that holds true. If you could do a scientific study and say, do, do people's appearance make a difference when perhaps it shouldn't? Perhaps we shouldn't be, you know, if someone has purple hair and yet is an outstanding executive, perhaps we should not focus on the fact that they have purple hair. <laughs> um, but who knows? Someday you'll have well, to do I think that. I think that the- yeah, I think that not to interrupt, but I think the biggest thing, the biggest shift that we're going to see, and I think it's really for the positive, um, at least for tech jobs, is letting go of of the need to be in an office. Who 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 really needs it? So, you, well, you could argue that no matter what your job is, some human interaction will keep your you know good vibes up um, throughout the course of the day. I think there's something to that, but so you you seem to think in the business world generally that a lot of people who maybe in the past did more face-to-face, you know, uh, paid expensive rent in, you know, offices will might change permanently because of this thing. Do you think? Yeah, I, I hope. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody, I, well, the only thing I will say is when we are recruiting for, um, so we get a lot of executives ask us, CEOs, they'll say, where should we put our office? Mm-hmm. And I say, don't put it in Boston. And they're like, but, that's where we want the talent. The talent's in Boston. I'm like, let's look at your, your demographic. You want somebody with 10, 15 years experience. Well, guess what? They're moving out to the burbs anyways. And it literally is like shooting fish in a barrel when we, uh, you know, when we reach out to people and we say, hey, we're recruiting for a company in Burlington. It's actually how I got my husband to interview with one of our clients. I'm like, geez, sweetie, you wouldn't have to go in, drive to Lexington. You would only have like a 15-minute commute. Yeah. And uh, he, he got the job, and he's been there now five and a half years. So, It'll be one of the great uh, silver lines of this thing will be the decrease in traffic generally, I think, because a lot of people will be making decisions like you're sort of like you're describing and just not having to drive downtown when they don't have to when they have these alternatives, which Zoom or other places and – you know what? It's Boston. There'll still be loads of traffic as soon as this thing. I changed my mind. <laughs> I mean, if you learn anything in Boston, you can. The, the traffic will always come back. But no, but they, they doesn't doesn't the traffic reporter look a little bored in the morning these days? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my running joke. I can see part of I ninety five from my apartment here, and during certain Zoom calls, I'll look. <laughs> And I'll say the weather is a uh, lovely 65 degrees and sunny checking the traffic. Mm, no traffic. Nope. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, so um, H the, the website, by the way, is Boston HCP.com. Boston human capital partners is Kate's company. Is that the best way for people to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Uh, check it out. And all the, all the, not only info about the company, but the, you can check out this thing we talked about the, uh, unconventional leadership series james iron cowboy lawrence I, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to learn more about this guy because um if i could do see my version of a triathlon is like you know the three parts being netflix amazon and hbo so if i could if i could make mine a little bit more you know on the healthy side so um we we will play a, a before we depart we, we will play a quick edition of good stuff where kate and i will recommend something good to keep you 
Um, keep your spirits up during this period. Uh, uh, before we do that, let me take a brief minute to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. If you would like your own podcast, kids, go to pod617.com. Is now a good time to start it? Yes. As a matter of fact, we've been doing remote podcasts since we opened our doors. We'll send you a quality USB mic on the house. Not one of those crappy ones, a real good USB mic. So you can get started. We'll produce your podcast from start to finish. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network in Pod We Trust. And by the way, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, no fee, no strings attached. If you're a business owner or someone who just wants to keep their name and their practice out there, now's a good time. Just email me, kids. David at pod617.com will get you on this show. And now let's play an edition of Good Stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Kate, most guests will dance a little bit to the B-52s when that jingle comes on. And I'm penalizing you for not doing so. <laughs> She's a professional, so it's cool. Um, so tell us, do you have something for our listeners, something that's been good in your life, your home, that has kind of kept things um, a little bit happier than they would otherwise be? Well, I, I, this is such a sheet. I, I live on a golf course. Oh, so- yeah, yeah. And uh, so that has been, before it opened, I walked it every morning, rain, mm-hmm. shine, whatever. I walked it because it took me an hour and a half and mm-hmm. it's about four, 4.2 miles. I did that every day. I, I, I am like such a firm believer that, you know, we are sheltering in place, but get outside, yep. just get outside. Yep. But you're not playing the course. I am now. Oh, okay, you are. Well. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's open, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I play this morning. I, I play pretty much every morning. Well, I'm glad you're playing it because the the stereotypical portrait of a golfer is, let's face it, a middle-aged, you know, white dude with gray hair. And, um, you know, not to stereotype too much, but there was something cruel about the fact that these are the people that get to go and do their favorite thing before anybody else gets to go back out and do their favorite thing. But hey, golfers, go for it. And of course, anyone, <laughs> anyone, anyone can golf. You don't, you don't have to be a middle-aged white dude. Um, but uh, to build on your point, I, I went out and flung a frisbee around with uh, my son Griffin yesterday. You know, Griffin was supposed nice. to. Nice. Griffin, well, I'm supposed to be. I guess he is. He is the one of the captains of the um, the varsity captains of the Sharon High School ultimate frisbee team. Sadly, they will not have a season, of course, but mm-hmm. he will, uh, he's hopefully going to play when he goes off to UMass. But um, yeah, so those, so these, are, these are yours and my suggestions are both kind of, you know, simple ones. But hey, don't forget, I mean, the, with the weather getting nicer now and, you know, all of us lamenting maybe that we still shouldn't be going to the beach or still shouldn't, there are no public pools open or anything like that. Um, yeah, get out there and throw something around or, 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 or do something. I got tired throwing the I, Frisbee after about 20 <laughs> minutes. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just, at the beginning of this, you know, I did say to myself, like, who do I want to be when I come out of this? Right. Well, you know what? I'm not going to learn a second language. Right. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, that much time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's face ourselves. So yeah. I, I listened to, bad, you know, a bunch of podcasts and. Uh, Good on yeah. you. Yeah. listen to more podcasts everybody um once again uh kate morgan from boston uh, don't want to screw up the name boston human capital partners it is again boston hcp.com i hope you had fun kate yes very much thanks so much all right well again check out her website if you want to know more about kate great person to know 
And um, just stay away from her golf course. That's for her. Okay? That's her quiet time. All right? I don't even know where it is. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. If you want to be a guest on this show, it's David at pod617.com. On behalf of Kate Morgan, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Get outside. It's nice. Fire and water and-